Hi, and welcome back to the How to Decorate podcast from Ballard Designs. We want to teach you how to decorate your home and unleash your inner decorator. So we'll be interviewing interior designers, stylists, and other talents in the design world, sharing the trials and triumphs of our own homes, and also answering your decorating questions. I'm Caroline. I run the Ballard Designs blog, How to Decorate. And I'm Taryn, and I do product design at Ballard. And I'm Karen, and I had a branding at Ballard. We're your hosts. Hey. today is Ellen O'Neill. She is the Director of Strategic Design Intelligence. I think I got that right. Of yep. Benjamin Moore. And you are the person that picks the color of the year. Am I right? Is that right? I do it with a team of people. It's a collective exercise. I literally feel like we're the presence of royalty. I know. This is... Hardly. <laughs> Hardly that girls. must be so much pressure. <laughs> you know, if it's true, it's not pressured. If it's mm-hmm. authentic and it feels right... We're not pressured. So you really kind of are feeling a gut thing, like as you feel your way total through the gut, year? Total gut, total instinct. I know a lot of companies re- rely basically on color forecasting services. Mm-hmm. And I think our position is we're a Berkshire Hathaway company. We, we can come up with original thinking. Right. Um, and I think we take into consideration the color conundrums of all our cons- constituents um, we pay attention to what's popular and what seems to be trending in our particular colors, but we also constantly pay attention to color cues. From the second we announce the 2019 color of the year, uh, we announced, I think, October 10th, mm-hmm. October 11th, we're out there with the antenna. So do you just sort of erase <laughs> everything then and start anew? Or does we're, the we're last happy, year's color influence you? I, we're happy to erase and start fresh because we've been living with the campaign for probably mm, 18 months. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're happy to like start fresh. Um, But, and sometimes certain colors of the year sort of fold into the next ones. Um, And sometimes there's a very abrupt change, but it usually signals something that's going on on the outside, not Mm -hmm. just design. Right, and it's not all interior that's influencing you No, not at all, not at all. I mean, a lot of it is, as I said, gut and instinct, so it's really what a lot of us are feeling. Um, I think in 2018, um, we picked Caliente, we announced Caliente, Mm -hmm. which is a a bold, energized red color. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of that, for me personally, started when I went to the Women's March in 2017. Mm And saw that sea of like pink to raspberry to red with the hats, obviously, that everybody was wearing in protest. And there was just something that was sort of for that campaign, my first color embed. Mm -hmm. Um, I left the march and flew right to Paris to Maison Objet. Mm -hmm. Um, I then sort of took in the show. Then you hit the streets mm-hmm. and you look at restaurant design and flea market booth design and shopping bags and what's in the windows of all the major stores. Um, I always go to the Bon Marche food market and look at packaging, uh, you know, what color macaroon are selling, you know, things like this. It's just like you just absorb every color cue you can when you're traveling. Um, so... And, and, and likewise, the other girls on the team do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot of domestic influences, obviously, like exhibitions, museum exhibits, art fairs, um, automotive industry colors, things like that. But we notice what colors are trending, but then it's because of our product category. We take all of this, synthesize it, and sit down with a million pictures and a lot of discussion and a lot of brainstorming and say, okay, but what is the color that is going to envelop all of these trends? You know, we have an eight-year shelf life with our product. Mm -hmm. So the concept that you're going to, like, change your color every year is a little ludicrous. Wait, are you saying people usually repaint every eight years? That's the shelf life of the paint. People paint when they want to paint. Okay, okay. But the product has to have at least a shelf life. I mean, painting is very disruptive, obviously. It's expensive. It's disruptive. I mean, a lot of people dread it and let it go (laughs) to the absolute end. Mm -hmm. But then there are people that enjoy it and play with color and are brave with color. So they'll do it more often. Mm -hmm. Um, Which which camp do you fall into? I only have, I have a very limited personal palette. Okay. Black and white. (laughs) (laughs) 
that's that's true New Yorker style. I feel well, like. it is, but I mean, I was I was educated by nuns. I think that was my first color imprint with black and white habits and and just a blackboard and white chalk. And for some reason, I mean, I wasn't an orphan. I was you know raised <laughs> it within a family. But uh-huh. the point is that I think this black. I'm more comfortable in black and white clothing, black and white spaces, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. black and white accessories. And everything then matches. That's true. But but I did for my houses out in at the beach. One house was all blue and white, and the next house was all red and white. Okay, so tell us what the 2019 color of the year is, in case you know our yeah, listeners haven't color, heard. Yeah. Um, okay, the 2019 color of the year is metropolitan, and the tag number on that is AF690. AF does not mean what a lot of people think it means. AF is reference to the affinity collection that the oh. color comes out of. Okay. We had an AF color last year, and it kind of caused concern um, or commentary. Some people oh. thought it was very cool. Other people were so, didn't even I didn't even know what it stood for. I'm of the generation that That's does not amazing. know what AF meant. <laughs> yeah. I had That's to amazing. have my nephew tell me. But. Um, <laughs> But AF does reference the Affinity Collection. Okay. Right. Okay. I was wondering if we could try a little exercise. What is it? I was wondering if you could describe for me Metropolitan without using any color descriptive words. Okay. Um, wow, Caroline. That's I did not prep you for this. So you we're have not prep But me. like, but. Ellen's mad. <laughs> like, if you had to describe this color to someone that can't see it, because our listeners can't see the color right now, right. what would you say about it? Okay. Metropolitan is a mid-tone gray. Okay. Which but is what is we color. wanted. It's a gray color. Um, we wanted a mid-tone because that has the broadest appeal. And of our top 10 ranking grays, mm-hmm. most of them are light or mid-tone values. So we okay. thought that that is important. I think darker grays are becoming very um, dramatic and, and sort of um, disruptive, but people love, there is a very, very strong trend now to decorate with dark saturated colors. Mm-hmm. So, but the popular across the board fan favorite are always mid-tone to light grays. Okay. Um, we, the gut to the selection I think what a lot of us were feeling after last year, which was just too much noise, the crescendo of voices and tweets and emergency blares and um, sort of bombshell like alerts on television and all of this was just noise, noise, noise. And we're just flinching every time, you know, we hear a, a car horn or whatever. So we all felt that the antidote or the prescriptive for all the noise was mute. Mm-hmm. And so we started looking at muted colors and that led us into neutrals. Now I am not by any means a neutral person, but I was taking refuge in neutrals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And for me, it started, I think about a month after we announced Caliente, I was traveling in London. I was going to participate on a panel about color and I was staying the weekend at my friend's farm, which is in West Sussex, which is just lovely. And that's a landscape of like freshly mown acreage and stone walls and, you know, just fabulous sort of gray skies. And we were at a hunt and the dogs, the hounds were all in neutral. They were like champagne colored with sepia rings around their eyes. And they had um, lovely sort of, uh, their markings were beautiful. And we were, the hunt was at this place called the Petworth House, which is a 17th century stone, marble, pea grit sort of landscape. And I saw these dogs standing in front of this house as pictured here. Beautiful. And I went, there's something to this. I don't know what it is, but there's something to this moment. So for me, this was my first color embed for the year. Wow. And then I think I came home and the picture over here is a picture of mushrooms at the Union Square uh, Farmer's Market. And I just started looking at all these organic like references and thought there's something very soothing. There's something very comforting. There's something seductive but quite beautiful about the layering of all these neutral colors together. Mm-hmm. When you when you say, like, uh, that was my first color embed of the year, or you talked about your first color embed being at 
Catholic school. Do you know it when that's happening or is it something no. you think back on and go, oh. I store it, I think. Okay. I visually store it. Mm -hmm. um, of course, you see things and I always say if it causes second look, it's important. And whether that's an outfit on the street or some screen grab or whatever it is. But the, the, these things are more moving, I think, because you're feeling it as well as seeing something. And you know there's some message there. But if you're in the middle of a hunt or you're at Maison of Jay or whatever, it's usually so kind of chaotic yeah. that you don't like stop and like you just take a picture and keep going. But I think coming back from trips and printing your pictures and assembling everything, all of a sudden the story starts to reveal itself. You print your pictures. Mm-hmm. So, are you a photographer? No. Because these images are amazing. Yeah, they're really pretty. Yeah. No, I'm not a photographer. <laughs> <laughs> I am not. You just have an eye for it. Well, let me ask you this. Is the is Metropolitan, the, or the color of the year typically, is that a color you create fresh that from based off other colors? Or are you picking from your No, we're your picking catalog. from our existing inventory of 3,500 colors. Does the name factor into your choice at all? Yes. <laughs> it yes. does. It does. It does. Because I think, you know, understanding the editorial value of a name, how easy it is to remember a name, I think mm -hmm. is very important. I mean, we're not going to pick, an, we're going to obviously pick the most appropriate color for the situation after we discuss like what is important about this color and why we're even going to that color family to start. And then you look within the family and you're like, that color isn't happy enough. That color isn't clear enough. I want a color. I think it should be a color that has a broader appeal. That color would be hard to live with. It's a beautiful color, but do you want it on four walls? You know, like mm -hmm. we go, we really filter it through our, our customers need. You know, so basically we we get to that point and then, yes, we do say, OK, here are five great grays. If we say gray Al, are people going to poke fun at that name after they hear it over and over and over mm -hmm. again in a campaign? Mm -hmm. So we try and sort mm -hmm. of pick something that is editorial with mm -hmm. the name. But we're, we would never sacrifice a perfect color because of a name. Do you find that when you do announce that it sort of uh, raises the profile of all the other grays or all the other reds in the, in the instance of Caliente. Yes. In fact, I did bring today the latest, actually not the latest, but the response after we announced it. And we can measure it by the chip poll, which is like how many chips were pulled mm -hmm, out sure. of the stores. Mm -hmm. So basically, um, I think on October 17th, bef no, I'm sorry, the, the week... The day before we announced it, the chip poll pre-launch was 308 chips. Of that color. Of that color. Uh -huh. And then the week after we announced it, the chip poll was 3,680. Wow. So it really causes people, which I couldn't quite believe when I started doing this. Mm -hmm. I thought it was just a gimmick. But people really do want that kind of color guidance. Yeah. Oh. Well, tell them. People I mean, it's want, the number one yeah. question people ask oh us on gosh. our blog. What color is that wall? What color is that wall? Right. And it like, drives me insane. Well, plus we're like, well, okay, well, we painted it, you know, then we color corrected it. Then no, we the, printed it. Well, it's nothing like what the original was. Then first we painted it. Then we lit it. Right. With photography lighting. Right. Then we shot it. Then we color corrected it. Then we printed it. Yeah. And then you're looking at it. It's like, oh, no, yeah. Well, I know. And, that, and we went through that, especially for this color. This color is very metameric, which means that it changes according to light. Metameric? Mm -hmm. Metameric. Okay. It has a lot of undertones to it, this gray. So in certain lighting conditions, it can have a blue cast, and in others, mm -hmm. it can have a green cast. Mm -hmm. But in our color card, the Color Trends card that we launched with the announcement, there are chips, actual painted chips of the color of the year. And this year, we painted it in a gloss as well as matte. We did it in gloss which we typically don't do because we wanted to show gray glamour. Mm. So we wanted to show mm. it with a sheen because gray is so often cast as a utilitarian color. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and I wanted to kind of take it away from that and show it in that sort of dirty martini, gray duchess satin gown mm. cut on the bias kind of midnight supper environment. I love that description. Me too. <laughs> See, that was, that was the description that you were going for, wasn't it? Right yeah. there. That is awesome. Well, it That's is good. true, though. I think that when people are looking at paints, they do connect with the name in an odd way. 
Yes, I think they relate to and that because it's somehow, it. it somehow it sort of predicts the experience they're going to have yeah, or the reference they're so, going to have. So I told you before we started that I had this, like, this little tidbit about myself. One of my jobs 100 years ago was naming paints. And people oh. always talk about that. You Where? Know? When? Who did you name them It was for? for an arts and crafts company. So it was like little <laughs> bottles of acrylic paint. I thought it was so fun. It was just one piece of my job. Um, well, but, can we talk about that aspect of the painting? Oh, the naming of world? them. Yeah. How do y'all do it? Are you involved? I am not involved in that. And we haven't introduced a new color in a number of years because conversely, less is more. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, it, it, it can be options. over, over, overwhelming. And so we're looking, you know, for ways to sort of collectionize some colors but not add on because we have so many colors. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so we haven't added on in a while. And I think that basically um, whatever systems were in place to assign people to name them were of the moment. There is no like paint naming department. Mm-hmm. Oh, and you can it. kind of, I know everybody <laughs> wants that to be their and job. Their but I used to have to name colors when I worked mm-hmm. at Ralph Lauren and I would just get out an atlas. I mean, it was just like, where am I going to come up with these names? You know? Well, that's right. what we have to do for product. I know. And it really yeah. is. And, and you know, if this you pick desk. a name that is like already the name of a paint, right. legal won't approve the name. Oh, oh no! Yeah. Oh, you mean like a different company's paint? Yes. Oh, it's already taken, so oh it would take gosh. us. Oh my gosh! That yeah. is insane. well. We have to in similar like we do have to make sure we don't name something that someone else like. Well, you know, you can't. I mean, we can't. Our yeah. legal department yeah. wouldn't approve it. So I can't even imagine having to name a new batch of paint colors. Because we've already got 3,500 names. That's a lot. And then yeah. you're dealing with everybody else's names. True. So. Oh, my gosh. All right, <laughs> let me ask you about this. This is sort of a technical question. Am I going to get the same quality if I take your chip and have somebody else match it? No. Okay, tell me why. Because you don't have the same ingredients. You don't have the same alchemy, basically. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just like saying I'm going to bake a cake like the cake I ate in this fabulous restaurant, but... You can sort of, if you do substitutions, you know, it's just never going to be the same. Right. I mean, people try to do it, but it never works. So Yeah, and those you know, undertones I think you're talking about. We, we try and say that. We try and sort of explain that. And other pe- people choose to ignore it and have a bad experience and end up going back and buying our paint. So. Right. Well, we spec your paint at our office. When we, well, I really appreciate when that. When we do our rooms. We have your decks there and we use them. And we, I mean, we actually, I, I have to say, anybody really involved in a design architectural product kind of category always uses Benjamin Moore. That's true. All the designers we work with usually are specking Benjamin Moore. Yeah. And they and, have their favorites. And, and absolutely their, their favorites. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you can, can ask pretty have, much. I'm sorry. No. Oh, yeah, you can you ask. I feel like I know all the designers we work with. I know they're... What's your favorite white? They always know. Oh, yeah. White yeah, white, yeah. Whites <laughs> are a big thing. Everybody's very proprietary about their whites, mm-hmm. which is one year we picked a white as color of the year which was totally counterintuitive. And I had the CEO like in a sweat looking at me going, are you serious? And I'm like, no, this is a really interesting editorial statement Mm -hmm. because we have 3,500 colors, but out of our top 10, whites reign and everybody has a color conundrum over whites. Which was the white you picked? We picked Simply White. Simply White. Which was a very good name. White Dove. Suzanne Castler's White Dove. Um, we were with Suzanne Castler's interior designer. We yes. worked with, and man, she she loves a white room. Yeah, the envelope mm-hmm. she calls it, and white dove is her fave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are your? I know you brought a list of the top whites, didn't you? I brought a list of grays. <gasps> grays. Oh. Ooh, yeah. give us yeah. some grays that we need. I'm painting my hallway gray right now. Okay. I need, I need a good one. <laughs> the top, the top ten grays. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. And I hope Metropolitan hops on this list very soon. Um, <laughs> Revere Pewter, mm-hmm. Edgecombe yes. Gray, mm-hmm. Gray Owl, Stonington Gray, Classic Gray, Balboa Mist, Silver Satin, and Co- Coventry Gray. Coventry Gray. Mm-hmm. We'll have to put little blobs up. You know, the little, I love those. Little dollops. Oh, yeah. Uh huh, the dollops. Dollop it up. I love those. <laughs> right. And then in, two very popular darker grays are Kendall Charcoal and Chelsea Gray. And I also heard uh, Kendall Charcoal is in the palette, the 2019 mm-hmm. palette that accompanies the color of the year. 
it's like a supporting cast. Um, and Kendall Gray is is trending very high. Have you guys always done color of the year? Is that, you know? I, I think I've only been with the company five plus five years and six months. And it preceded me. Uh, it, it was a ritual. Most paint companies do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I think as far back as the early two, 2000s. Um, beyond that, I think it started in the 60s, somebody mm, told me. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know how much, you know, we really activated once we once we put it together. You know, we pick the color, we, we start to um, craft the campaign around the color, and then I go out and shoot the campaign. And we have to have that complete by the end of May because then we have to go into production for the books and all the color collateral that accompanies the announcement. And we work in hand with our digital team. So they're working on preparing the sort of the digital story behind it and getting the assets and color correcting, et cetera, et cetera. So um, we, I think our group over the last five years has really activated it. Are you trying to keep it a secret? The activation? Yeah, before you announce it? Oh, anybody involved has to sign an NDA. Really? Nobody so can know. So oh, really? no, it's top secret. It. No, it's, I it's, love it. It's so, in, yeah. So what's, what's next year's? Just tell us. We won't tell <laughs> I anyone, know. I swear. With this big mic staring at right? me, I just can't wait to be have my arm twisted. <laughs> I don't know what it is. So when, when, what time of year are you picking the color? We, I mean, I have thoughts. I think the girls in on the team have some thoughts. Um... I, you know, I saw something over the weekend that's a clue. Um, but if you're shooting it all so by cool. May, you have to be finished sort of decided by We April? decided by Feb 1. February. So, so by we'll February 1st, you'll know the yeah. 2020. We'll start in, twenty. You know, yeah. everybody will start now, come back from Thanksgiving with ideas. You know, we sort of need, we're still mm-hmm. traveling, picking up. I was in Charleston last week for the mm-hmm. summer. A summer Southern style program. Um, just walking the streets. I took a lot of pictures down in Charleston. Um, no big epiphany. I had more of an epiphany about something I saw this weekend out in Long Island. Mm. We'll see. Mm. But that's mine. And then, you know, there's other people on the team. And everybody basically starts to really pay attention to what they're noticing. And then we'll start and have meetings and start. I mean, I think we had like 3,000 pictures on the wall last time. Wow. wow. Right. It's just a result of everybody's. And it's like, it could be something they saw on the weekend or it could be something I'm going to Maison of Jay in, in January. Mm-hmm. That's usually the final voice of it. Because when you see what's coming to market mm-hmm. in the next, say, nine to 18 months, mm-hmm. you want to see, you want something that resonates. So if that chartreuse color is very popular as it's been for the last couple of years, you know, you know that by the time you announce, you you want to have a palette that's compatible with all of these mm-hmm. colors that are coming your way. So, how does one become a color expert? You're talking. You you mentioned the girls on your team. Your team. How does what what is the background of? I those I people? was a journalism major. I had never had an art course. There are highly trained um, members of our team that studied color. Um, I sort of found, I did a lot of color work when I worked at Ralph Lauren for 15 years. Um, and I was the head of the home product design, home collection. So I was always evaluating colors for everything from solid color sheets to complex paisleys, you know, tabletop, mm-hmm. All the, the-, the whole the whole gamut, you know, yeah. blankets, bedding, towels, blah, 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 blah. Um, and so... I must have an eye that can discern colors, but I never trained in color. Um, but as I said, there are there are members of the team that are really adept at it and understand like color reactions and color combinations. Mm-hmm. I come from more the design industry part of it, whether it's product or hotels or residences, although I'm not an interior designer. So I sort of just kind of intuit you know, what works and what doesn't. But as a journalist, it sounds like you, 
It sounds like you're doing the same thing, but reporting back on color. It is. You're I am like a sleuth. Cataloging it away. <laughs> I'm back. a sleuth. That's it. Do you ever get in that room and think, oh, all these girls have the wrong idea. I've got the right color idea. I've got to get them on my on my team, no, my side. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're, we're, we don't act like that. We don't. We don't. We don't. We work differently. You know, we're all appreciate everybody in on the team comes from sort of a different um, background and has a different skill set. And we all rely on each other to sort of like put forth their opinion on what this would be. So it's really very homogenous and, and collaborative. Um, I don't think we've ever had um, any kind of resistance to any idea that anybody's put out. Yeah. We're just so happy to come up with something. Right? <laughs> well, to come up with something that's true. Right. Because if it's not true, I couldn't sit here and talk about it. I'd right. be a wreck. I'd feel like a liar or, you know, or, or some kind of imposter. Yeah. The the truer it is, the easier it is to discuss it. Right. Well, I, I mean, it, it, it's out. You were sitting here talking. It made me think that color is so emotional. It really evokes so much and makes you feel so much, which is so. I don't know. It seems weird, but I guess it when it surrounds you constantly, how could it not? Well, I kind of questioned that when you said so. Essentially, from October to February ish, you guys are brewing and thinking, mm-hmm. but being in New York and not that you don't travel to all sorts but I was like I wonder if seasonally because I know seasonally we feel differently about fabrics and Mm -hmm. you know and so I was I was thinking through you know does that change your color of the year but really it's supposed to be for the full year so I guess how can it be gray every year if it's New York in winter (laughs) yeah no no I you know and it's so funny because I was looking through my notes over the last couple of days and it's like and we were just saying this when we arrived, there really aren't any seasons anymore. I mean, not as we know them, at least mm. here. I mean, we had maybe three days of fall and two <laughs> days of spring. That's valid. And then everything else is, and it is a very seasonless, you know, somebody took a picture. I saw it on Instagram last, I guess, maybe March. And we had three snowstorms in March. And then the last week she took this picture and she was coming down the Hudson on a train and she said, it's 90 degrees out and there are no leaves on the trees. And I thought that is just a really remarkable statement for what we're all going through. I mean, our visuals are all off to Mm -hmm. what we're experiencing. So I don't, I, I don't, we're not really locked into seasons. I think definitely emotions. I think we picked a gray because it's part of because it's a neutral and we wanted to mute noise and like aggression we are looking Mm -hmm. for sophistication and elegance but we're looking for quietude that Mm -hmm. was the thing that i think we all felt and and i started gravitating i wrote it down to like museums and and manor houses and monuments you know i i I love going to the noguchi museum it's like walking through a church and that whole that whole between the materials and the sculpture, that's a grayscape in three dimensions. Um, we were in Washington for the Design Leadership Network, and we, you know, it was the week of the Kavanaugh protests. Mm-hmm. So some of us marched to the Supreme Court. Um, and you're standing at the foot of the Supreme Court, and I'm looking at like the marble and the plaster and the and the scale and you know, and so what's that color palette about? Um, then the other sort of embed was going up to the cloisters. I don't know if anybody has been to the cloisters, but the Heavenly Bodies exhibit that was at the Met mm-hmm. was also split. And part of it was at the cloisters. And that's just a, a cluster of medieval buildings up on the Hudson. And it's all just beautiful grays on grays and neutrals and greens from the medicinal garden. I mean, and as a backdrop to these fa- the, the, these fabulous fashions. So, you know, you, you just sort of, everything is sort of a big blend. You know, I started buying gray clothing. I mean, not what? that I'm going to wear it, but I mean, gray, you know, gray flannel pants to wear to a presentation. You know, it you mm-hmm. you, you, you kind of get absorbed in it. So, yeah. Did you buy Caliente? Uh, I wore red fingernail polish. There you go. <laughs> so I wanted to talk um, just because... The, this is called How to Decorate. So these are women who are trying to take away tidbits of what they can do in their own home. And men. And men, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, but 
what how would you describe for anyone that is trying to pick a paint color what is benjamin Moore like what do you guys tell everyone to do on how to pick yeah on okay. how to pick which color yes yeah, so. best way to pick the right paint color for you well for, for it depends on whether or not you know they're they know a color family they want to they gravitate towards I mean, I think everybody has a personal paint profile or a color profile. Okay. I mean, mine is obviously black and white. And, you know, you look in your closet or you look at the color of the car you drive or your, what color is your pet. You know, I mean, you gravitate towards certain things. Mm-hmm. And if you can hone it down to a color family, um, then I think you can use a lot of our books mm-hmm. are a lot of collateral pieces because we illustrate suggestions of combinations of colors that go together. Um, and that can get you started. You can go to Pinterest and get started. You can go to Instagram and get started. Years ago, we used to say, just tear sheet, just tear sheet. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then, but the the real tactical um, suggestion that we, we have is to go get pint size samples and paint a swatch in the corner of the room and by a window and sort of observe it um, three times a day. Sounds like a medicinal thing, but you know what I'm saying. I mean, I <laughs> yeah. think that's the, it's the fail-safe way to analyze it in your conditions because, you know, what works in my apartment is not going to work in Atlanta in your home. So mm-hmm. right. you can't just prescriptively say, oh, it's this. Right. Right. Yeah, often people will walk into a home, our home, my home, and say, oh, I love this gray. What gray is this? I'm like, it doesn't matter because it's going to be so different in your house. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. But it's a starting point, I think. True. They see something they like, they think is pretty, they admire. And, you know, pass the name along and have them go get a sample. But, you know, I think the more they sort of look at spaces, you know, do, do they want it to feel like clean and utility? Or do they want it to feel glamorous? Or do they want it to feel soft? Mm. You know, a lot of people are using grays now for infant rooms because they want to be genderless. So you're going to pick a gray that's sort of soft and lullaby-esque, you know, that kind of rocks you to sleep. So it's it depends on the room. Are there rules about finish? What should I get eggshell or should I be, what should I be doing gloss or what should I be doing flat? Um, if the walls are sort of in need of repair, you're best to use matte because it'll fill it in slightly and you won't see divots and things like that. Mm-hmm. Matt is more forgiving. Mm-hmm. I think um, we always suggest that you use like an eggshell or a semi-gloss for your woodwork. We have a product called Advance, which is a, a latex uh, paint that looks like a lacquer or looks like, you know, a hard gloss. Um, that's also great because it's self-leveling also. Um, but, you know, some people, you know, now, I, the trend that I'm noticing is that people are not depicting uh, crown base and trim, you know, in a different finish or a different color. They're painting everything matte so it looks like all one surface with maybe just a little bit of architectural detail. Mm-hmm. But it's almost like sort of Amish looking or shaker mm-hmm. looking. Yeah. Um, and I think matte is becoming popular because people are craving texture. I think texture is a big story for all of us in design. Um, I was at a presentation in April at Salon Mobile, and they were going on about how our fingers are just craving to touch something other than a screen. So texture wow. is really, really strong now. And I think matte gives the appearance of some kind of depth. We have a product we launched, I guess, about a year and a half ago called Century Paint. And the premise of that is it beckons you to touch it. It's just so textural looking that it almost looks like it could be a fabric. So it's like a suede or? Yeah. Mm. When I was in hotels, we used to, and actually the St. Regis down the road, we used to um, suggest upholstering the guest room corridors in an ultra suede. I mean, it absorbs sound, mm-hmm. but it also was so luxurious. Yeah. You know, you just felt like you were so sitting in like a, jewel a, box. In a jewelry box. Yes. Yeah. I love that. Dang. Pretty. Do you get free paint? No. <gasps> what? No. <laughs> we get a very generous discount. All right. Mm-hmm. Fine. There is no free anymore. That's true. Is there? That's no. true. You're no. very correct. <laughs> And do you guys mix it all right? Do you like fiddle with it in the office? You know what I mean? Do you actually have paint around? 
We have paint around when we're trying to decide, like when we were going through the selection of gray, um, we did paint probably two dozen samples of grays just to see in real life. It, you know, it's better than a, just a chip. Right, right. It's sort of what we're suggesting to the end user, the consumer, is to, you know, it's, you need a bigger, a larger scale. You can't mm-hmm. just make a decision with a chip. Okay, let's start with Leanne. Leanne says, Hi, ladies. I'm so hooked on your podcast. I have a decorating dilemma, but it seems multifaceted. I hardly know where to start. We built our home 13 years ago, and I have had to decorate in stages. It is now time to repaint, and though I still like the color... um, Sherwin-Williams Comfort Gray. Oh, we can't even say Sherwin-Williams. I know. I, I did flinch at that oh, kind of dilemma. Oh, gosh, Leanne. That Just decorating me. dilemma kind of like... <laughs> right? I'm like, I don't know how involved I should get in that. Like, <laughs> We're going to get her on the right Just Benjamin me. Moore path. Well, you felt be, the same way, too, <laughs> sometimes. You can suggest a Benjamin Moore color and yeah. bring her We're over to the... Her. She's <laughs> looking for Convert. a fresher look. Mm-hmm. So, right. there you go. <laughs> I would love to be able to start with a clean slate. However, I can't afford to do that at this point. So I need advice on how to make the most impact for the investment while hopefully not t- tying myself more tightly to existing pieces that will be replaced at some point. Okay. Okay. So I'm having trouble finding a paint color that works well with the drapes. The neutrals that work with my drapes highlight the somewhat dingy upholstery on the sofa. The sofa is still structurally great, so it's hard to justify the money for a new one at this point. But that would certainly make this project easier. The drapes and plantation shutters are only five years old, and I can't afford to replace the drapes right now, though I could take them down and live with just the shutters for a while. The rug is in the living room as a temporary replacement, so I'm not concerned about it. I really want to replace the leather recliner with a swivel chair or... I know, I'm sorry. Do I keep going? Or a pair of <laughs> chairs with some color. Hold on. The drapes have a turquoise accent in the design, and I need art and a rug. The dining room is okay, but needs to look... F- refreshed so i'm open to ideas i just want to bring the room to life and i can't decide if i start with replacing the more costly items knowing that if i spin there i wouldn't be able to do art rugs chairs till much later or do i ignore the sofa for a while and go with creating the shell of the room okay oh so i mean i think that's a a typical dilemma you know you've got a big project you can't afford the whole thing right where do i start with the big stuff or the little stuff and she hates her paint color Right, 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 right. <sighs> no, I get that. She said and it's she like a can of worms. Oh. It's a can of worms. I she mean, once I sh- you change one thing, mm-hmm. you know, yes. you just sort of go down the rabbit hole there. True. I, I, this is the best argument for picking a neutral that I've ever read. Yeah, <laughs> Because I do think, you know, it's safer. I don't like, I think there's much more to the beauty of neutrals than just the fact that it's a safe choice. But in this case, with so many questions up in the air, I would sort of pick a really lovely gray. Did I read in here somewhere that she has a bit of a turquoise in her drapes or something? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. A little bit so of drapery. So I would start with grays. I mean, do you want me to read her the list of the grays again that we like? We'll put a list. You'll, you'll put a list yes, together. in the notes. And, and rewind I would, and listen to the list of grays. <laughs> and, and I think... To put Metropolitan on the list because she seems to have some gray uh, blues and some greens, turquoise, whatever that could sort of make Metropolitan really take on interesting mm-hmm. execution. So I would do that. I mean, and then then see how she feels about the fabric on the uh, the upholstery and all of that because. It may not, it could look better or it could look worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think her paint color is making her sofa feel depressed it and could. dingy. It could. And it isn't, it doesn't look dingy from the photos, but when you contrast it, it's her walls, they look sort of light bluish. I know it's a gray, um, but, you know, I think. And the those rug, are not doesn't playing the rug well look together. like it has some blue sort of and, and. It looks sort of. Don't yeah. you think? Like, I feel like that blue mm-hmm. wall is making her mm-hmm. sofa look sad, yeah. but it's. And she can do a lot also with throw pillows and throw blankets that'll sort of like interrupt that upholstery and kind of help animate. Perk up that space. Perk it up. Yeah. Perk it up. I don't think you need to do that expensive stuff I would paint and maybe get Mm -hmm. some throws and then see how it goes. Throw pillows and then, and 
when she's able to invest in other pieces. I, I totally agree with everything you have said. I, I think it's the color on the walls that's making her, it's cornering her. Yeah, and there's something mm-hmm. else I, I really feel like she needs to fix. When you have, it's, what do you call this kind of ceiling? Cathedral ceiling? Where it's like, right. it's an A-line or something. Mm-hmm. And then people paint the ceiling and the walls a different color. I don't like that. I think it should be one color. Because mm-hmm. it just calls attention to the fact that it's, yeah, uh, I wouldn't say odd, but it's, you know, you're right. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, think, I sort of make it more seamless uh-huh. and not so picked out. I think this is where a lot of people, like I said before, are painting walls and trim the same color because right. then it's one large expanse and you kind of feel the volume, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Yeah. and it's mm-hmm. not so interrupted. Your eyesight, the optics of this aren't so interrupted by all these planes and Agreed. shapes. And she does have built-ins on either side of a fireplace that are also painted the color of the trim. So she's got ceiling color, mm-hmm. trim color, fireplace mantle color, a wall color, mm-hmm. and... Mm-hmm. You know, like you said, all one I think would be really pretty, or just two, maybe if the trim. Well, and all- maybe like the the bookcases and the mantle are are sort of a, a nice contrasting shade, right? But um, I agree. I think given the architecture, the ceiling would be mm-hmm. pretty if it was the same color as the breast of the of the fireplace. Yeah, the wall there. Agreed. It'll feel bigger. I do like metropolitan, like you mentioned, because I feel like it has, and and I'm looking at the printed book but to me and maybe i'll disagree but i feel like it has almost a robin's egg kind of un. it reads a little it's gray but it has that it has blue undertones in yeah. some spaces it has sort of a sagey green undertone in other spaces and what i was noticing when i was shooting this it looks very pretty with sort of a dusty lilac mm. Ooh. Mm-hmm. yeah pretty mm-hmm. it just it feels really um it's like a neutral that's not a neutral. It looks like it looks like it has color in it to me. Anyways, I feel like that would be a good choice for her because her color here in the pictures, it it almost looks like a blue green, mm-hmm. but it's like a more saturated. So, I feel like this could be a way cuz since you said you you still kind of liked your color, but you wanted to freshen it up. Right. It feels like yeah. it's close. And the thing is, even if it's the same color, which it's not because it's Sherwin-Williams, but even if it was the same color, it would be so much fresher, you right. know? That's what paint does, you right. know? It's almost like the best cleaning cleaning job you can never give a space. Mm-hmm, true. So mm-hmm. it wakes it up. There's though. something about that that I think would help her even if she tried to match her existing color or tried one of the Benjamin more popular great colors. As previously noted. The only other thing that I was going to say... <laughs> And I love um, Ellen's idea of painting the mantle and the bookcases the same color, but be careful. Like I'm looking at one of these pictures where um, you have like a column with some molding that mm-hmm. sort of ends. Just um, maybe think thoughtfully about like what trim. Since this is this room is so open, I guess is what. Is well, and that's point. a big problem so, always is transitioning. Yeah, right. Especially room room. with everybody wanting open plan living. You know, there's, yeah. there's, this is another issue that we constantly try and sort of illustrate in our, our books, collateral in our imagery, um, how to gently, you know, sequence into other spaces without being too interruptive. There's like that seamless journey through a house, mm-hmm. which is why I think if you pick at least the same value of colors, mm-hmm. it's not that interruptive. Okay. That's a good tip. That's a really good That's idea. a really good tip. My sister has, she just bought a house. And again, very open, that column-y kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And she's asking about colors. And she's like, well, over the mantle, which is an angled A-frame mm-hmm. ceiling just like that, they went with like with like a rust. Like there's no other rust in the house, like just above this. And she's like, well, and then do I accent this again? And I was like, no, we blend that. You, right. You go right Stop over that. that. Yeah. Right. I, was like, <laughs> I was like, it doesn't, there was no sequence to it. It was right. definitely like a very jarring like you saw it and you're like what why like why did you well some people do that because they want it it to be the accent wall or the Mm -hmm. focal point Mm -hmm. or whatever that is Mm -hmm. and that's all allowed I mean everything is right you know it's all up to the person it is oh yeah it's just that if people are asking for advice Mm -hmm. and they they kind of want to (laughs) sort of remedy this open plan thing yeah I think the easiest thing is you can Mm -hmm. pay attention to sequencing but pay strict attention to the same values, and then it's not disruptive. Mm-hmm. 
That's good. Yeah, I agree. Because with this plan she's got, it, it's like there's a dining room right adjacent, and it's got wainscoting, and there's trim. And like you said, there's all kinds Too of... Too many tricks. Right. Too, there's all this stuff. And in my mind, if it was all, like you said, one color, but you know maybe different sheen on all the trim and wainscoting mm-hmm. than you have on the wall, it'd be so sophisticated. Mm-hmm. Really pretty. Mm-hmm. And then you wouldn't have to worry, too, about that transition. Mm. Are people still doing accent walls? Oh. Do you uh, know? Where did that topic come up? I think everybody has decided that accent walls are sort of 80s and 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, I, but, you know, we don't try to, like, say this is in or this is out. Yeah. I mean, everybody has their, their preferences. Goes back to, yeah. Whatever I mean, makes you feel I don't good. care if someone has an accent wall. I mean, I wouldn't have an accent wall, but, I mean... If you want one, have one. Yeah. Right. You know? I mean, I think within reason. I mean, if you have low ceilings and it's too contrasty or, you know, then and it becomes the elephant in the room. Mm-hmm. I don't think it should really distract from, you know, the true sort of beauty of the room is what you personally bring to it. It's like your art, your textiles, your your collections, your photography, whatever. You know, I I, I look at our product as something that embraces all of that. Not that distracts or fights it. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. but if you want an accent wall, have an accent wall. Yeah. You're so not judgy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't know. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. One more dilemma. Okay. This one's from Lisa. And she says, my husband and I just purchased a home on the Gulf Coast of Florida. We didn't have any lighting installed by the builder because I wanted to pick my own. I've attached some pictures of the living, dining, kitchen areas. Can you make some recommendations for lighting over the island and the dining table? As you can see from the pictures, I have the Remy coffee table. So I was thinking about something over the dining table that would coordinate with the coffee table. For the island, I was thinking about the medium-sized Eldridge pendants. Any suggestions would be greatly appreciated. So Lisa emailed us right before I went on maternity leave. Mm -hmm. So for several of our listeners, we responded to them already because we were not recording any questions for so long right that we felt like that felt we didn't want them to be waiting six months so i did send her some thoughts um but we can talk we can discuss first and then i can well she has a cute new house at the beach and her husband's adorable he's in there in the kitchen mm-hmm. or maybe that's her contractor you never mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he's helping all right so what do you think it's always like open lighting you know when you're especially for a coastal thing something that's sort of like she said, Eldridge, it's just sort of that cage. It's a metal cage. It feels a little bit modern. And mm-hmm. I, I like that with her more traditional furniture. I think mm-hmm. that's a nice mix. So it's not all very one note. Mm-hmm. Um, cage lighting is kind of the rage, isn't it? Yeah. And constellation lighting, I think. Mm-hmm. A lot of constellation yeah. fixtures I'm seeing, mm-hmm. at least in the shows. Yeah, mm-hmm. true, true. Now, I don't know if you need to worry about glass. Uh, for cleaning over your island, I have glass over my island. And it's not a problem, but some people don't like glass in their kitchen because they don't want to have to like uh, clean it. Mm. So, like the Hadley pendant would be one that we sell that doesn't have glass in it, mm-hmm, but also mm-hmm. kind of gives you that cage look. Mm-hmm. Just depends what you want. We have a really pretty um, like pea shell chandelier that I thought could be kind of. I thought pretty you said well. pea shell. I'm like, what capiz, is a pea shell? Um, you know, is that? Am I saying it right? Capiz, yeah, no, it is capiz. Yeah. Um, and I thought that would be really pretty to kind of like reference the beach, but it's not quite as like, Literal. you know, it's not. Yeah. It's Cliche. Not, yeah. Yes. Um, so I sent her our, a picture or the suggestion of our, I think it's called our Alessandra sh- chandelier, but I, I like both of y'all's suggestions Let me ask as you guys well. something. Over an island, do you like multiples or do you like one long thing? Oh, well, I was talking about over her dining table. Oh, okay. Not uh, over her, sh- not over her island. That would be weird. So over her island, you would would you do multiples or one long? Either. Depend, depends on the light fixture she likes. How big is the room? Mm, it doesn't look ginormous. I mean, she's got three bar stools at her island. Yeah, I would do probably two. That's two. That's not like a huge Two island. pendants dropping down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because you, you also don't want to, you don't want to cut off that visibility between your kitchen and your, and your, mm-hmm. I don't know, is it living room? Well, Maybe. There's another um, light fixture too that I think I think Taryn you drew it. It's called the Paris. It's at the kind of bistro style. Yeah, and disc. it's yeah, and I thought that was really pretty as well. So um, I thought I I love those. That's what I was gonna say. They're they're perfect for an island. Yeah, um, I think you focus your 
your bigger chandelier, like a capiche shell, something you want people to look at over your dining table and make that mm-hmm. moment where on your island, I think, like you're saying, you want something kind of, you don't want to cut the, right. then it's just too much in this small space. So mm-hmm. have a moment and then make your island lights simple. Utility. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah subtle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And something like that is kind of nice and has that kind of European flair if that's kind of her, mm-hmm. like, aesthetic. Let me yeah. ask this, ladies. Because I'm sure people wonder, what about matching your lights so it's the same thing but just different sizes over the dining room and island? I want to vomit in my mouth, but what do y'all think? I wouldn't say that my reaction is that strong, but I, I agree, though. It's like... I don't like the matching. Don't do I'd it. I'd like it to it's, be... Like, have more it's kind fun. Of like, be more yeah. playful. I don't know. It's like earrings with a matching necklace set, how oh. we all kind of like feel about it. We're like, oh, yeah. oh a matching set. How mm. Yeah, I feel like it's the same, same. No yeah. one's matching anything these days. Right. We really yeah. just want to mix match up. <laughs> I feel like they should be related. Like, there should be some thread between mm-hmm. the two of them, but it shouldn't be, like, the exact same shape and right. size. Right. Um, and not different sizes of the same thing. Right. Agreed. All right, well, we've solved the problems of the world. I love us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ellen, thanks for coming. My pleasure, Thank girls. You so much it for was like us. Fun. Thank you very much. I didn't expect it to be fun. No? No, I didn't. <laughs> we stressed I you out. I get nervous. I get nervous. It was fine. Well, I think everyone will have a lot of good takeaways from this I episode. I hope so. And we'll I put did. all the little dollops of gray up. I love that. Mm-hmm. Okay. I do love the dollops. Oh, my gosh. I know. Heard straight from the mouth. So we're like. <laughs> First to know. <laughs> yeah. I think color selection is fun. A lot of people enjoy it. Clearly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're, we're going to forward our resumes to you tomorrow. Well, one thing that I was, I, I'm surprised. Okay. I loved hearing how um, like emotional and um, like, I think it's interesting that y'all look at the world as a whole and you're not necessarily just looking at colors. Mm-hmm. You're looking at like just the tenor everything, of everything. Yeah. Well, you're, you're, you're basically taking the temperature of how people feel these days and uh-huh. what is going to bring them comfort or what is going to energize them or, you mm-hmm. know, what, what, where are you, you yeah, know, right. collectively? And then I think because you want to provide a space that they want to be in. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I think that envelope of the room is the starting point, right? Yeah. And, it, and it, that color encourages you to bring in things that enhance it and you start and layer it up and then you have a world yeah that's kind of the process i love it it. all right that's our show thank you so much for listening you can leave us a review in your podcast app we would love to read it and of course subscribe to the show so it downloads straight to your phone the show notes for each episode are at howtodecorate.com slash podcast and follow us on social media and very exciting news the How to Decorate podcast is now a skill on your Alexa. That's right. So you can just ask Alexa to play the How to Decorate podcast after you go and enable it under the skills on Amazon.com. Yes. Super easy. Super easy. Tell Alexa to play the How to Decorate podcast and your you can... life will be so much happier. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time. Happy, happy decorating. decorating.